0: You are listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Pilgrims. What is a pilgrim? What is a pilgrim? What do pilgrims do? A pilgrim is someone on a pilgrimage Someone on a pilgrimage, on a quest. A pilgrimage is a um, sacred place for a religious purpose. It is a a movement that travels. It's a a movement word. So being a pilgrim means you're on a pilgrimage. Being on a pilgrimage then means that you have a purpose. Follow that? We're a pilgrim. We're on a pilgrimage. Pilgrimages have a purpose. If you don't believe your life has purpose, Purpose, I want you to embrace the idea today as I go through this that we are pilgrims. We're pilgrims. And in our and being a pilgrim on a pilgrimage, we, we connect with the people of God from the beginning of time who were on a pilgrimage. Let me read you uh, some of Hebrews chapter 11 um, and, and hang a little bit before we get to the to the to the power punch here. He says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and an assurance. About what we don't see, this is what the ancients were commended for. What were they commended for? They were commended for moving without knowing exactly where it was they were going to end up. Faith, movement, okay? By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible, by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he's dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because he had taken God had taken him away. For before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Here's a good one. He rewards those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob. Those were his sons who were his heirs with him of the same promise. And here we go. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Where he was was not where he was going and where he was wasn't what god had completely planned and by faith even sarah who was past childbearing age was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise and so from this one man as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore All these people were still living by faith, staying true to the path and the pilgrimage when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. This place wasn't their home. They were just passing through. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. That means this one ain't it. If they, had oppor- if they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have opportunity to return and said they were looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Pilgrimage, purpose. Um, I used to think that heaven was going to be a better version of earth. That's not what's promised. Heaven is not going to be a better version of earth. It's not going to be a perfect vision of earth. Heaven is going to be wholly different and we have no idea of its goodness other than the fact that we're promised that goodness and that it's going to be something like we've never experienced before. It's going to be otherworldly. It's not just going to be better version of what we have now. And this, our, our pilgrimage, is this may be our place now but we're going somewhere else, which means then we need to be careful not to be so, get so accustomed and attached here and so then don't get, as, and don't get very despondent here. Both of them apply. Don't, don't get a, attached here, but don't get overly despondent about what's going on here because there is a, there is a purpose and, uh, and there is a pilgrimage. Pilgrimage in two facets. One, yes, heaven is our home. This is the city that has the architect and the foundation, right, of God. Um, And so this is our pilgrimage. We're passing through here, right? What does the country song writer say when you're going through hell? keep on keep on going and you know and i'm not saying this place is hell and i'm not saying that everything we endure is hell but there's enough of hell that we experience that we just we want to understand that we're on pilgrimage we're moving through but the second pilgrimage is what's happening to us right now and that pilgrimage is becoming more and more like christ this is our pilgrimage that from the moment of salvation on that we 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 are being transformed into his likeness Romans 12 says that, that that therefore offer yourselves offer yourselves as a living sacrifice Holy and pleasing unto God. This is your acceptable service. This is your purpose. This is his will. You offer yourself. And then, one, and then, and then he proceeds and he says, do, not, do no longer be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Anytime the world wants to conform you, it's trying to press you into its mold. And when he tries to press you into its mold, their stuff gets left out. I spoke to the student camp. I spoke on Friday night. I used that illustration of them with Plato. And you put Plato in a mold, there's a bunch of Play-Doh that gets left out. God doesn't want any of you left out. And the way we continue to find and pilgrimage towards him and becoming uh, like him in his, in his likeness is we, we offer ourselves. we stop conforming, we start transforming. That's part of this pilgrimage. Our pilgrimage will always be twofold. Um... Uh, that my notes are out of, out of line here. Um, we don't just have to get here and pound out the miles, though, that there is a soundtrack that can come with pilgrimage. Anybody, you, you, you develop your playlist on vacation. Do you have a playlist vacation? We Nobody. Okay, I see, I see, Todd, one, one, one head, yeah. Uh, ours, our annual pilgrimage is to the beach and um, uh, not very purposeful, but that's where we, we try to go. And, and Gina, Gina likes Jimmy Buffett. And um, so we introduced Annie to some of Jimmy Buffett's songs uh, at an earlier time. And even right now, she hears Cheeseburger in Paradise and like Gina's dimples come out, right? She just, she just loves a loves song. And, and so pilgrimage, our, our pilgrimage, Israel's pilgrimage, came with a soundtrack too. It was called the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent, they're Psalms 120 through 134, Songs of Ascent. This this idea of steps three different times a year. They made annual pilgrimage to to Jerusalem. The 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 um, festival of Passover and of um, Pentecost and tabernacles. And so this would have been ingrained in them. They would have, as families, traveled up to Jerusalem. They would have traveled up and they would have known, they would have learned, they would have sung, they would have prayed Psalm 120 through Psalm 134. It would have been their soundtrack to their pilgrimage. Now, I told you that the Psalms, they were written at a bunch of different times, but when they were compiled, they were compiled for Israel in exile. So if you grew up, think about, if, if you found yourself in this generation that you grew, you grew up walking with your family up to Jerusalem and you've, these songs got ingrained in you. As Kelly said a couple, uh, last week, the week before, Kelly was up here singing, leading songs. She said, some songs just sing you, All right. And so these would have got down and ingrained. But I wonder how much, how rote they might've come to, to if you were a teenager, if you were a 20-something, Oh, God, Mom, are we going to sing that song again? Right? Do you have to play that one again? We've, we've, we've listened to that one 10 times already. But now, fast forward, you're adult and you're in exile. Now you're in Babylon. There is no Jerusalem for you to go up to. There is no temple. The temple's destroyed. Do the songs mean more to you now or less to you now? They, remain, they mean more to you now. You think back and you Remember? And you remember the promise. And although you might not get there, it keeps you moving. And this Psalm 121 is the second psalm of the Psalm of Ascents. And this is going to be our Psalm of Ascent today. This is what I want you to get down deep inside of you as you're making this pilgrimage. Psalm 121 reads I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and Earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed he who watches over you over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Does that last piece sound familiar? This song been down deep inside of them. When, when, when they traveled, Jerusalem was at the highest point in that region and the temple would have been at the highest point of Jerusalem. So they were always, you always went up to Jerusalem. There wasn't a place in that region where, that was above there. So you were always going up to Jerusalem. And as they would walk up, these were the songs they were singing. Now I'm in exile. I'm not walking up except in my heart and in my spirit. You follow me? So they got down deep that then when I'm not where I want to be when things that are happening to me that I don't want to happen, I can still sing on the way up. So I lift up my eyes to where my help comes from. Where do your eyes do when you're in trouble? Your eyes scatter. You look for a way out. You look for an option. Okay, And if, you really, and if you've really been punched in the face, then your eyes, you look down. You're down, you're despondent, you're down, all right? But, but, but this psalm is telling us something different. Listen, when you find yourself in those positions, in trouble, down, despondent, whatever, no, 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 don't look around, don't look down. We can look up to our creator, to our creator. This is where our help comes from, our creator. I created a business Facebook page for my book um, because you can't boost ads on a personal page. And uh, I took it down two days after we put it up because of the vile comments that I was getting over a picture of a book that said, Hope in Empty Places, Discovering the Light of Christ in Dark Times. And they were, you're a grifter, you're selling snake oil, there's no such thing as God, there is no creator. Um, and it just, I mean, one, and, and, and there was no need to respond to strangers over this stuff. It wasn't going to do any good, right? So I just finally took the thing down, but I was very, very sad. I wasn't sad because they were, I didn't think they were picking on me. I think they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, as we know in Matthew chapter nine. But here's what made me sad, because if, if you don't believe there's a creator, God, then, then there is no order. If there is no creator, then there is no order. If there's no order, then everything is random and chance, including yourself. If I don't believe there's an order and a creator, then I got to believe everything's random. If I believe everything's random, then I got to believe I'm random. If everything's random and chance then there can be no life purpose, then what am I here for? What am I going to do? What am I doing? Which makes then if there's no order and no purpose, we just eat, drink, and we die. So no wonder there's so many people living without hope. But, but as, as pilgrims, as people are being transformed into the image of God, we can look up in our trouble and not look around. We can lo- look up to a God of creation, a God of order, a God that doesn't do random. He doesn't do random. He doesn't do coincidence. Although we might not understand where we are or what's happening, doesn't mean it doesn't have order. We lift our eyes to the sovereign God You know, we can get lost in some church language. So when I I was typing that particular piece out, sovereign, I decided to do that, um, uh, you know, control, whatever, to bring up your synonyms. And here's some synonyms that might be more powerful to you. We worship God who is independent, autonomous, self-governing, free, self-determining, supreme, Dominant, ascendant predominant absolute that's who we lift our eyes up to christianity is not blind faith it is eyes up faith and so even no matter where you find yourself in your pilgrimage we have a god that we can look up to then he goes on he will not let your foot slip He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by light. The Psalms have so much to say about the steps of the righteous. In Psalm 37, the steps of the righteous are ordered of God, that when I'm stepping in the path that God has for me, I will not slip he won't let my foot slip. I'm walking with the Lord and I'm walking what he wants for me to walk. He's not gonna make my foot slip. So he watches over me. Sometimes you feel uh, uh, forgotten, um, overlooked um, in it on your own. And yet this says the God that we can lift our eyes up to watches over us and does not slumber and does not sleep. Now, I don't know if dads, you can relate to this, but so when Annie was a junior in college, she started her business of wedding planning. And so she didn't want the, the brides' uh, families that were stro- striking those checks to think she was a college student. So she would drive from Cleveland. She would drive to Nashville to do the wedding and she would drive back. Sometimes she would spend the night. But she would drive back. And then throughout this process, she'd be doing weddings downtown Nashville. And she, there's a 12, 14-hour day. She'd be getting home at 1 or 2 a.m., Well, dads, I wanted to stay awake for my daughter. I found it to be not possible. (laughs) Like I stayed, I tried to stay in that uncomfortable chair to stay, but I just fell asleep. So I thought, let's just skip a step. I'm just going to go to bed Um, because my wife would not go to sleep. She would, she would not go to sleep until that garage door went up and she heard the garage door come back down. Then she would go to sleep, or she'd be on the phone with her the whole time to 1 and 2 a.m., and I could sleep because I know she wasn't sleeping, right? Listen, I fix the car when she gets flats downtown, so give me a break, okay? So Dad still have a role and a purpose here. We just have a different role and purpose. All right. How comforting it would it be to know that when you get in places on this pilgrimage that has, has worn you out or beat you down, that you, there is someone still looking for you, still guiding that step. Then it he says he'll be your, your, your guard your, uh, on your right side. This is significant. Soldiers, I don't know what they did with left handed soldiers, but soldiers in, in reference to here would have held their shield with their left hand. They would have held their sword or weapon in a right hand. So you're going to focus your attention where your, where, where your, your defense is, right? You want your, de, your defense has to face their offense, right? And so here I'm facing this way with a sword in my hand, and yet, so that leaves this side open this side's open. So he's saying, I stand at your right side. You go ahead and you go ahead and fight over there. You go ahead and fight over I, there. Nothing's coming this way. It, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry about this side of the field. Just worry about this side of the field, because I got you over here. You know, the, the movie that came out, I don't even know how many years ago now, called The Blind Side. It was the story of Michael Orr, who got drafted and played for the Baltimore Ravens, right? Um, here's this big kid that never played football before. And they just said, well, we're going to put you over here on the left offensive tackle. Why? Because a right-handed quarterback has a blind side. That's where the theme of the movie came from. And it wasn't a very valued position in the NFL until Joe, uh, Joe Theismann breaks his leg because um, uh, uh, his name just left me, but he... Who? Lawrence Taylor comes in from the, jets, or from the Giants from the blind side. And if you can still watch the YouTube video, it still will make you throw up on when he hit Theismann and breaks his, his leg in half in two. And so the value of the defensive tackle position, offensive tackle position started skyrocketing. How valuable it is to have when we're fighting with the shield that God's given, with the sword God's given, that he goes ahead and takes care of our blind side. He's our guardian. We don't just lift our head up to look up in the the stars to see what's going on. We put our head up because because he is our creator and there's order and there's purpose on this pilgrimage and he's my guardian. He's my guardian. Um, And then here's the last one. Very simple psalm. Very simple psalm. said Yahweh is our preserver. The language changes. He said, now he's telling us what he did. Now he's telling us the Lord will keep. It's a present uh, it's a present participle kind of uh, a thing. It means he, he's doing it now he will continue to do it. All right, so he will, he, the Lord will keep you from all harm. You say, no, he hasn't. I, I've been harmed. You're still sitting here. I know harm comes. We live in a bad world. Sin destroys. I get that. when we're walking with God, it's interesting. I remember having a conversation with a teenager years and years ago where Jean and I were student pastors and she'd graduate and she'd come into her house to tell us um, that she wasn't, she was doing what she wanted to do now. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't know why she decided to come tell us that. But that's what she did. I'm done. I'm done doing what my mom and dad want. I'm done doing what you want. I'm done doing what the church wants. I'm I'm done doing what God wants. I'm doing things my way now. And I said, sister, I am so sorry for you. She said, why would you be sorry for me? I'm the happiest I've ever been. I said, because you've made a a conscious decision to live outside of the covering of God. You have made a decision. You're smart enough, wise enough, strong enough to take care of yourself. And I said, "That that is a difficult place to be. When I put myself under the covering of God, it doesn't mean I don't get bruised or cut or punched in the gut. But it means he's with me. And I'm on a pilgrimage. This place isn't my home. It's not. I like it for now. I don't like it forever. And so we have a preserver. He will watch over our life. And here we get to the Lord. We'll watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. And so throughout, well, the benediction that I do, right, it comes out of Numbers 24 and 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you, may make his face shine on you, be gracious to you, turn his countenance towards you, and grant you peace. I've been doing that from April 1, 2007, pronouncing that benediction over the congregation. And yet I end with... And, uh, and you're rising up and you're laying down and you're going out and coming in both for now and forevermore. Everybody gets confused. Pastor, I don't see that in the numbers, in numbers passage. You don't. It's a compilation of a bunch of Psalms that talk like that, that I tack on on the end of it. And what it means, what it means is not just when you stand up, God recognizes where you are. When you sit down, that's when God recognizes. It, it, is, a, it is a poetic phrase to indicate at all time. At all time. All time. So even in exile, we have a song to sing. A song that looks up. Come on, team. A song that looks up. We look up. We're on the way to Jerusalem. We look up. We don't look around. We're not distracted. We're not looking down. We can look up to a creator God, a God of order. Not randomness. Your life is not purposeless. You're on a pilgrimage him shaping you into who you are and who you are in Christ. This is what he's doing. He's doing it with every easy circumstance. He can do it with every hard circumstance when you lean into him. You can look up. He guards us from our blind side, gives us defensive and offensive weaponry on our left side. He's our guardian. He doesn't go to sleep. There isn't a fight that you've ever fought. There isn't a fight that you ever will fight that will be done outside of his scope. And, um, you know, Chuck and I had lunch this week and gone through, I don't, I, I, you know the count of how many chemotherapy things you've come through. Um, and I know how many days you wanted to look down and probably did. And keep fighting, we keep walking. He keeps looking, he keeps walking. And whether or not, in my mom's case, who, she died of cancer. Chuck's case, he's on the other side. We're on a pilgrimage. And we can look up. And we're guarded. We follow him. We make sure these footsteps don't slip. And he preserves. He's a preserver. So I don't know where you're on your pilgrimage today. Whether you're just starting it. Whether you've hit a rest area for a while. you have still been on a pilgrimage. And you're a pilgrim. You have a purpose. God has that purpose. He wants to shape you into his image. A disciple in the New Testament to a rabbi was said that he's walked so closely to, the, to, the, to a rabbi that he wore the rabbi's dust. Wore the rabbi's dust. That a rabbi would not ask someone to follow him unless they believed he could actually complete and know everything this rabbi believed and taught. And yet Jesus flips that whole system on the on its ear when he says, Come and follow me. I wasn't interviewed when I received Christ. He didn't interview me. Did he interview you? Did he go through your past and your your skill set and wanted to know your motivation? And I I didn't interview. He I can't I was at a place where he said, Follow me, and I said, I'll go. And this whole other time, this whole time, 51 years later, he's just been continuing to shape me on this pilgrimage. If you're on this pilgrimage, do not get too attached to this place. And don't get too discouraged by this place. Amen. It's just where we are in the moment. And we're not alone in the moment at any point in time of this. So I'm going to pray in a moment. And I want to encourage you, once again, to move. You have communion on my left and on my right. But you might not be seen today. Today is a day to be seen. Move it to an altar always matters. It's a place, you know, you hear me say this a lot here, that we come in here to lend faith, borrow faith, and link faith. But I learned two more things this week. That we also come in this place to gain faith and grow in our faith. This is a place where we can gain faith. This is a place that we grow our faith in order that we can lend, borrow, and link our faith. And you might need to gain and grow some today. Hey, pay attention to the people around you. If someone's standing next to you and they're crying, that might be a good invitation for you to put your hand on their shoulder and pray for them. All right, let's stand. So Father, I thank you for this day, this moment. I thank you for the baptisms today, both services. I thank you um, for a camp experience, Lord, that that made an indelible impression on our young pilgrims. So Lord, in this moment, though, Lord, there may be plenty of people that need to look up. Look up. To know that you have not slumbered or slept even though they feel like you have. And that you are a preserver. Lord, as they they move towards you today, Lord, make sure, I'm asking, you want it more than I do, but I'm asking that you will make your presence unavoidable, unmistakable in this moment. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen, amen. I invite you to move. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.